0: staff
1: is ready when you are all right good evening and welcome to the november 3rd 2022 parks and community enrichment commission meeting the medium meeting is now called to order will the clerk please call the roll to establish a
2: quorum
0: thank you commissioners please unmute and turn on your video for a roll call commissioner flores present Commissioner Gaines? Present. Commissioner Gallardo Good? Present. Commissioner Guerrero? Present. Commissioner Herman? Here. Commissioner Kangas? Present. Commissioner Kletzman? Present. Commissioner Liu?
3: Here.
0: Commissioner McCorchick.
4: Here.
0: Commissioner Mehta is currently not online yet. Vice Chair Vasquez. Present. Chair Lavelle. I'm here. Thank you. We have a quorum.
1: Thank you. So this meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you are online, click on Raise Hand on the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the Raise Hand option in the More tab. If you are calling in via telephone, to raise your hand, dial star 9 and to unmute or mute dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Mido Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin-Wintoon peoples and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's Indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, so our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar?
0: Thank you, Chair. We have no members of the public with their hands raised.
1: Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Looks like no. Is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? Motion. Thank I'll you, second. Commissioner Gaines. Thank you, Commissioner McCarchick. Will the P- clerk please call the roll for the vote?
0: Yes, thank you. Commissioner Flores? Aye. Commissioner Gaines? Aye. Commissioner Gallardo-Good? Aye. Commissioner Guerrero?
3: Aye.
0: Commissioner Herman? Aye. Commissioner Kangas? Aye. Commissioner Kletzman? Aye. Commissioner Liu? Aye. Commissioner McCorchick? Aye. Commissioner Metz is currently absent. Vice Chair Vasquez? Aye. Chair LaVelle? Aye. Thank you, motion passes.
1: Thank you, we will now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item two is the Youth Workforce Development Program updates. Is there a staff presentation? Can't hear you, Monica. You're not muted, but I cannot hear you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now.
5: Okay, let's get to that then. Um, so there is a staff presentation. I'm very excited to introduce our Youth Workforce Development Unit. I think you'll really enjoy their presentation tonight. With that said, I'd like to introduce Chris Wimberly, recreation superintendent, along with our youth workforce development supervisors, Angelia Manuel, David Gaines, and Ken McCullough. Chris, I'll turn it over to you.
6: Thanks, Monica. Good evening, commissioners. It's so wonderful to be here to to do a snapshot and overview of our fiscal year 22 operations within the Youth Workforce Development Unit, which is in YPSI in the youth division. So tonight we're going to be just giving some conversation in regards to kind of our flagship programs um, and maybe some new ones that you haven't heard about before because they're just coming back. So within the Youth Workforce Development Unit, we focus on work. Based learning and employment programs. So we have our young leaders of tomorrow, which is actually underway right now and came back fall of 22. So you guys will have more of a um, snapshot of those numbers next fiscal year when we do that summary, our primetime team program, which many of you have been part of our mock interviews for that program. Our landscape and learning, another opportunity for our PCEC members to come in and do interviews for this program for those hires of the youth aides. We also have our junior rec aid program and our WIOA, or more known as our Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, which is a program for high school seniors um, that is funded in partnership with SETA. It's a wonderful program. Um, for us to be operating and this is the fourth year of this current grant funding and we have been approved actually for one more youth to be a participant in the program and we are now at 16. So I also would like to make sure that everybody kind of hears a little bit about how we've made it through our COVID transition. Um, We're coming out of being part of a variety of programming opportunities, but we've finally been able to really focus back on um, the programs that we have within the Youth Workforce Development Unit, and I'd like to introduce Ken McCullough to talk a little bit about some of the areas of focus and goals for this last fiscal year.
7: Thank you, Chris. Uh, good evening, Commissioners. Uh, as Chris said, my name is Ken McCullough, and I'm a program supervisor for the Junior Rec aid primetime team and the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act WIOA programs. Our workforce development team set the following goals and focus points for the fiscal year 22. Number one, hybrid platforms and a transition to a new normal. Two, leadership training opportunities for young people, building and strengthening relationships with stakeholders, and four, continuous pipeline of opportunity for that cradle to career opportunities. Our first goal or focus point was hybrid platforms and transitioning to the new normal. Having youth attend program virtually as well as in person provided them the opportunity to learn from different learning formats. Within our programs, we also provided additional supplies for youth instead of group materials. We also incorporated other COVID pro- protocols such as social distancing, hand washing, masking up into all of our programming. And also as we move into the post-COVID time, and the new normal. We are still utilizing the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, to promote, recruit, and highlight our programs. At this time, I'd like to introduce David Gaines to speak on our next goal.
8: Thank you, Ken. Um, So our next goal that will be uh, in focus was our leadership training opportunities for young people. With all of our programs in the youth workforce development, we utilize the five supports and opportunities within our programs. And one of the tools we utilize within that to um, within that was our um, program quality assessments, which we call PQA, and we developed they, they developed a survey called Tell It Like It Is, and it covered those five supports and opportunity areas that our young people throughout our programs have identified. Um, And through that survey, we identified leadership opportunities uh, was something that our young people were looking for and maybe an area that we needed to uh, improve in um, throughout our programs. And so um, as we looked down at, what we looked at for leadership opportunity, just providing that for them. And as they go through our programs with, as we mentioned with primetime teen program being our youngest program, Going through and you, and having those participants uh, go into landscape and learning with the LNL program um, as well, and just being able to work on those soft skills and have provide those opportunities for leadership, such as within the uh, the landscape and learning program. Um, We have them help out during our um, days where we you know, have the boots. And so these participants that have those experience, um, just be able to provide that experience for them and um, be able to guide their peers, um, because even though we're adults, having that uh, message and having that opportunity for young people to help other young people are something that we really uh, value within our program, and that's what we're really trying to uh, increase as we go throughout um, fiscal year 22. All right, and then uh, the third goal that um, I would like to cover is building and strengthening relationships with stakeholders. It was also all about connecting our young people with other uh, adult allies in our program or in our departments within our division um, through mock interviews that we do with primetime team with LNL we do youth aid interviews as well which I know some of the commissioners have uh, helped us in the past as well uh, with that and um, in regards to you know also having that opportunity for our young people and strengthening the relationships with also local businesses and communities through the WIOA program, having those work experiences in cafes and just different uh, local businesses in the area. And also with our community partners, with uh, the, the library system, trying to uh, just increase them to their knowledge of understanding uh, that there's more opportunities and other programs within those as well too. And um, sorry, I didn't introduce my name is David Gates, program supervisor for the landscape and learning program. Um, And so I'm going to go, and I cover the North Area operations for LNL. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, pass it over to Angelia, and she'll cover our next uh, goals and area.
9: Thank you, David. I'm going to go ahead and do the fiscal goals of the um, number four, which is a continuous pipeline of opportunity from cradle to career. This is a part of our program that allows our youth to be able to experience all the um, additional opportunities that may be available through the city's employment opportunities. And by us doing this, we've been able to have our youth be able to have promotions within our department from a youth aid position to the lifeguard positions in aquatics, also to rec aid positions with expanded learning, summer oasis, camp sack, and sports fitness and wellness. This has been a neat opportunity for them to be able to experience being able to move from one position to the next. We also have the annual Youth Resource and Employment Fair, which is a collaboration between multiple city departments and divisions, exposing our young people to what it is is, as the opportunity of what public service careers can be and what's available to them. This fiscal year 2022, we had the virtual employment fair via Zoom. It included HR presentation sharing the keys to employment success, as well as our IT department with the city coming in and doing a presentation, focusing on the internships to career opportunities. We are excited to announce we are hosting another year. 2023 will be in person. Save the date, it will be March 2023. Location is still to be determined. The next thing I'd like to go ahead and share with you is a snapshot of the fiscal year 2022 with our Youth Workforce Development Unit programs. Primetime Teen maintained being a virtually connected program due to the COVID. It's a six week program offering workforce readiness and skill development. The Landscape and Learning Program is a paid hourly seasonal work experience program, offering soft skill development and community involvement in city parks. Our Junior Recade Program was a combination of Zoom and in-person programming. It's an eight-week program offering engaging activities designed to enhance the soft skill development of our participants. Our WIOA, also known as the Workforce Innovation and Opportunities Act, is a strength-based program. It's a paid work experience one, and it's a grant-funded program with SETA. Our total participants in this fiscal year was 691. The total hours were 73,203. And these participant hours were conducted in a safe space for environments that promote our youth. And now I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Chris.
6: So for this fiscal year, you can see Angelia had mentioned that we have 691 young people that participated either through our stipend-based programs or through our employment programs so we have 691 young people between the ages of 13 and 18 earning a whopping and this is this is cash in hand this is money in their pockets either from stipend based or hourly programs $960,885 for these young people this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And as Angelia mentioned, we have cradle to career opportunities for many of our young people as we are seeing young people going from one program to another, not just in the youth division, but also within community enrichment. So we're excited to talk more about the Primetime Teen Program, LNL, the Junior Rec a program and WIOA anytime we get that opportunity. So as we transition into fiscal year 23, we have a new program that has come back as I believe I mentioned it in the beginning, our Young Leaders of Tomorrow program, which is a stipend-based program. And at the conclusion of the program, when the participants have completed the requirements of the program, they receive a $350 stipend along with a a certificate of completion. We're excited to finally have been able to bring that back Um, due to some of our staffing challenges in our prior fiscal year. We were unable to do a focus on this program, but it is back um, and up and running. Primetime Teen is still going strong, Landscape and Learning, Junior aid and WIOA. Next year, we will have even stronger investments within our young people, as you guys may be aware. Um, our minimum wage is increasing up to $1,550, so we will have an increase in the investments we have in young people. We also have been able to look at some industry standards for um, our stipend-based program and increase the stipends for our primetime Team program to $500 compared to what was the prior $350 as on the prior slide. So we're really excited that we have these opportunities for young people. We're, we're really wanting to make sure that we're getting um, quality programs out there. Staff talked about PQA. Um, I want to acknowledge that this staff that is part of this unit, supervisors, coordinators, crew leaders, youth aides, and our program participants are so completely committed to being part of the programs. As youth practitioners and adult allies, I am so proud to be part of this unit and making sure that we move um, our agenda forward and making a safe space for young people to participate. I wanna thank our supervisors that are here tonight, Angelina, David, and Ken, um, and also recognize the fact that these team members have continued to be recognized through the YPSI Employee Appreciation Recognition Program And I believe that we're gonna continue to see um, our young people rising to the top and also getting some additional recognition for the work in which they do. So this concludes tonight's presentation. Um, We are more than happy to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak?
0: Thank you, Chair. It appears we have no members of the public with their
1: hands raised. All how about any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner
10: Gaines. Thank you, Chair. Um, I just wanted to congratulate you all for a job well done to see that almost a million dollars went back to youth and their families, that is huge. Um, In a past life i used to work as a retail manager and full disclosure i didn't necessarily want to hire young people not that i didn't think they could do a good job but you're dealing with school schedules you're dealing with um having to get work permits you're dealing with labor laws which are important but still you're dealing with labor laws and so it's very difficult for young people under the age of 18 to get work experience so to be able to have this on their resume um, it's huge that they have worked for the city that they've gone through, just even going through that process of being hired by a city government is so important. Um, so just Bravo, you know, through coming I mean, through COVID, still dealing with it with that. Um, and as you continue the work, you know, you just have, um, I know I speak for a lot of the commissioners here, our full support, whatever you all need, because like I said to see that number. So I can't wait till next year when it's over a million dollars back into the community. Um, but just thank you guys so much for all of your hard work.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Gaines. Commissioner McCarchick.
11: I also just kind of wanted to echo that. Um, I know that I like. I have friends that have done like the landscape and learning programs or various other these things and they really um, benefit from it. And I think it's, you guys are doing some great work in providing this opportunity and they, I think the kids really enjoy it. Um, I was curious though, with outreach, um, do you go directly to schools around like high schools and middle schools around the, around the city, um, like doing giving presentations, like, hey, this is an opportunity you have, because I think a lot of teens probably could find this very valuable, but they just don't really know about it.
6: That has been something that we are getting back into the swing of that. Um, during COVID, as you guys are well aware, as we are still virtual, not a lot of schools were taking off-site um, presenters. Mm. Um, we have try to get like, many schools have like a school loop um, where students have um, announcements that go through this and the parents are connected to it. So we, we have worked with some of our school districts to get those announcements out that way. We also have partners and other adult allies at the schools that we make contact and ask them to distribute and share um, this information to the students. Um, it is a little bit more difficult. Not a lot of places want to take the paper part of it. So we, we want to um, get more into the school loop because um, that's just one, that's one platform that I'm familiar with because that's what my, my kids had when they were in school. But there are other programs that are at the schools that have that type of student and um, parent con- contact and that's how they share their information. Cool,
11: thank you very much
1: anybody else going once going twice commissioner flores
2: thank you thank you chair um you know this is i know i sound like a broken record saying this is one of the items that i look forward to every year uh, this is one of the items that you know some of my professional uh um, where my professional crosses with my volunteerism here being a commissioner, especially the W, uh, the We program, knowing how important that stipend is to uh, targeted, targeted and barrier uh, youth, that uh, you know, you know some of the some of the uh, those youth need that just that additional spark, that additional investment in, because I see it in my professional where I'm, where you know we have grants that are literally the 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 statute says. Uh, you know stipends right how can you change your career pathway unless you're incentivized to um, to move forward and upward mobility and so to see it at this level at the youth level because it's just that's how you know you get into an industry um, and uh, and then you up you do forward mobility from there and then you get into a nice civil service job and or a trades job or anything else with the, the partners that the, that the team works with. So this just to hear, like to echo Commissioner Gaines and Presenter Gaines, just to see the the near one million dollar investment into youth. This is literally the why in Yipsy. Uh This is always my favorite um, presentation in the year, and and only in, it's only going to get better in 2023 when more in service, more in uh, in house. Uh, Uh, services and gatherings happen so i i um, yeah i'll stop right there thank you
1: well as usual commissioner flores said it better than i could so i will say thank you for your excellent work and your presentation tonight and we can move right along to item three aquatics and camp sacramento program updates is there a staff presentation Yes, thank you, commissioners.
12: We do have a staff presentation. Um, I'm Sean Swanson, recreation superintendent. I work with the aquatics team and the camp teams. They'll be giving presentations um, covering their past season as well as their ongoing operations for the year. Uh, we'll have the, the aquatics team go first. So, Pat, if you could bring up the presentation. Um, it's been a big year for aquatics. We opened a whole new facility, but beyond that, we also had some major repairs. Um, prior to the season, we did have the goal of bringing both Mangan and Johnston Pool back online. These are pools that were closed the previous summer because the surface of the pool had degraded. Um, we were successful in bringing Mangan back on time prior to the season's start. Um, Johnston Pool, we did encounter some additional repairs once we got in there working with working on the main repair, um, which is not to be unexpected as our pools are. Older facilities, most of them built in the 50s and 60s, um, so additional things will come into line. Um, However, we were still able to get the pool open, um, just slightly behind the original planned opening date for the facility. Um, Overall, our pool performances have been uh, been doing a good job this summer. I'm going to turn over the presentation at this point and introduce it to Patrick Maradon and Anna Cook, the aquatic supervisors that are responsible for the programming and operations of our pools.
13: Hi everyone, my name is Patrick Maradon. I'm the aquatic supervisor for the city of Sacramento. I apologize if it's lagging a little bit. I'm hoping you guys can see this and everything's looking good. One of the things uh, that we always do every year is have our performance measures. Our our performance measures are um, gone through surveys that we email out to participants as well as have on-site at all of our facilities. Apologize this is jumping on me a little bit. Um, With those uh, performance measures, uh they're all on a scale of one to five and as you can see in all of our categories we scored above a four which is really exciting um this is pretty typical for us we do have really great operations every year um the one that i know we really take the most pride in is our aquatic safety and having this year having a 4.5 rating um, was really exciting because in aquatics safety is always number one this is a map of all of our facilities um this year um there was a national lifeguard shortage uh it was probably on the news both national news and local news. Um, And knowing that coming in, we decided to really make sure that we're focused on increasing our recruitment efforts. Um, We went into 22 different in-person recruitment events, six virtual events, uh, including the Youth Resource Fair. Um, We went to job fairs uh, for multiple school districts. Um, We were out at Intercom High School with our new North Totomas facility, um, actually having staff handing out flyers or recruitment flyers to parents while they're waiting in the pickup line. It uh, really was a big focus to make sure that we could be able to have enough staff for the summer. Um, we also conducted the most lifeguard certifications classes that we've ever offered here in the city. Um, there were a couple of challenges, the extended hiring process, um, as well as um, because of some of these different challenges, uh, we decided to uh, phase open the pools and programs. As you probably noticed on some of our schedules so we created a modified schedule but despite those challenges national lifeguard shortage uh, we were still really excited to be able to operate all 17 of our aqua- uh, aquatic facilities this year another really big accomplishment for us is we were recognized by uh, the american red cross as one of california's top trading providers uh, there was only one of five organizations in the Northern California region um, that trained, uh, and we ended up training over and certifying over 200 youth uh, aged 15 to 24. So that's why we were recognized just with our efforts. So this was really exciting for our team because we did put a lot of effort into um, training and recruitment this year. Now we're going to kind of go over the numbers. Uh, we did a four-year trend. It's kind of fun to see that uh, you're coming out of 2020, and now into 2022, we can see the nice uphill trend coming out of COVID and those effects. Um, These are our recreation swim numbers, so our total participation for recreation swim programming. Um, This year, we had over 107,000 people attend our rec swim across all of our facilities. Um, large part of it was the opening of North atomas uh, but in general we can see a really great tw- trend upward, including 2019 where a lot of our program, um, in 2019 you'll see this trend that that was a really a great year for Aquatics then, hitting some highs and we're starting to exceed those coming out of the pandemic. So we're really excited to see that as well. This is our waiting pools. Uh, our waiting pool attendance is a little bit of an increase. We went from 7200 to 7900 visits. Um, so, we're going to continue to see hopefully some more trend in the upward direction for that. And with that, um, I'm going to turn it over to our other aquatic supervisor, Anna, and she's going to continue on with some of our swim lesson and other types of program trends.
14: Thanks, Pat. Again, my name is Anna Cook. I am the other aquatics supervisor here with the City of Sacramento. Um, this year for swim lessons, we had our largest year on record with the City of Sacramento um, in terms of participation. Um, over 2800 swim lesson participants came through our program this year. That's a 27% increase in swim lessons from last year. Um, I do wanna highlight two programs uh, this year that we, one of which we started brand new. It was a, a new program called Basic Water Safety. It is three 30 30-minute swim lessons uh, that teach the basics of how to find a safe place to swim, how to make sure that you are um, pro- provided with proper supervision and you know, ways to begin to self rescue depending on your age group. We did this at five different pools and um, we had 146 participants this year. We're looking to expand this program. It got really high ratings, both with the staff and participants. Um, we're looking to expand that program moving forward. Um, I also do wanna highlight um, a big increase in our adults swim lessons. So based on member and community feedback and our PCEC commissioner feedback from last year, We uh, expanded um, the offerings of adult lessons across um, multiple uh, pools this year. Uh, We offered 45 classes across the city and we had 183 participants this year. For our water aerobics, um, we had a 40% increase over 2021, which is amazing. Um, We offered it at seven pools this year. North Natomas was a big factor in the jump in this attendance, but we also did offer um, water aerobics at Mangan pool again, um, as they reopened this summer for uh, the first time in a couple of years. Lap Swim also saw a 35% increase this year. Um, Over 2021, we had over 8,500 participants in the lap swim program, um, and that was across five pools in the city. Um, Both North Thomas and Clooney pools um, had very strong lap swim numbers this year. Clooney is actually our most popular lap swimming uh, facility. And in addition to our extended season at Clooney, uh, same thing with what we did last year, we um, had our spring season and fall season at North Natomas. Um, you can see our numbers across programs are very strong. Um, one of the things that does kind of limit us a little bit, as Pat talked about, is that uh, you know, staffing is a limited factor. When our students, uh, a lot of our lifeguards are students, they go back to school um schedules do kind of limit us as to what we what we can offer but i um, you know proud to say we still were offering swim lessons water aerobics and just a whole bevy of aquatics programming
13: all right i'm gonna jump in here for uh north Datomas community center and aquatics center review um i know this was a big deal for everyone in the city as well as our aquatics team Um, We did have our grand opening weekend on April 23rd. We had over 1,400 people attend just that weekend, representing over 39 different zip codes in the area. So we had a wide variety um, of attendance, which was really, really excited that it wasn't just a tiny little regional. It's a major, major um, accomplishment for us and facility for this entire area. Uh, Our participation numbers, we had 76,278 community members participate in just city programs. And you can see what that breakdown is between our rec swim, our lap swim, other types of programs, which would include our junior lifeguard program, our swim team, and even um, beginning and intermediate water polo program. Um, when it comes to programming, we did, did so, we did do some pre work with outreach with the Youth Commission and Council offices, and it's going to touch base on a couple surveys that we did uh, to try to help with um, some of our programming options. But within that, seventy six thousand two hundred seventy eight. Um, for city program participation that does not include uh, the wide variety of user groups that do um, use that facility we have a joint use agreement with north uh excuse me with the tonus unified school district uh, where their water polo team so they're both their men's and women's water polo as well as their swim teams uh, utilize that's our 50 meter site for practices and games Uh, dart is our competitive youth swim team uh, who held a large scale Bill Rose Classic uh, swim meet at the facility in July? Um, they have a large swim team that's utilizing our pool um, year round. Sacramento Master Swim and Sacramento, is, or Sacramento Master Swim is our adult swim team um, that utilizes our facility. Sacramento Synchronized Swimming is youth synchronized swimming. And Confluence Water Polo Club is a youth water polo organization. So those are user groups that either rent space or utilize space um, through. Um, instructor led programs with us. Um, So we're really seeing a lot of use at this facility from a lot of different areas. And a lot of that feedback has been based off of um, some of those findings and feedback that we've gotten from youth commission, other, um, other organizations as
14: well. So as Pat just talked about, uh, prior to the opening of North Natomas, we worked with the SAC Youth Commission, various council districts um, to format a programming and accessibility survey for North Natomas. One of the questions that we did ask um, was, will access to transportation limit your ability to participate in programs at the facility? Um, Overwhelmingly, uh, a respondent said, no, it wouldn't. And I think that that's reflected in the numbers that we see as well as a variety of areas where our folks are coming from to participate in our programs and Rexwin. swim. Another question that we asked is likelihood of participation in various programs that we already provide or are looking to provide um, at North Potomac. On the right hand side of that graph you can see kind of the, the lighter blue and the yellows that indicates very likely or likely to participate in a program. We took this feedback and really prioritized a lot of uh, the the programs that people were more interested in participating in. Um, Free free and low cost recreational swimming opportunities um, were of course provided. Um, We partnered with council districts as well as the summer reading pass uh, program with the local libraries um, that all those passes were good up at North Potomac. Um, We did community and special events. Pat will talk talk about that in a little bit. And we are looking to expand that program as well. Um, Our health and fitness classes and um, youth events and learn to swim uh, lessons we already talked about, but those have been wildly popular at North Potomac uh, also. Finally, we offer, or we opened as well, uh, the North Natomas Community Center. This is a, a new venture for aquatics and we're grateful to our friends over uh, at the community centers themselves for their guidance. Um, it's been, we opened on April 23rd. Our first event was uh, the NP3 prom. So North Natomas, uh, one of the, the high schools up in North Natomas. Um, since then we've hosted 19 events, 14 of them have been external, five internal. Um, we've hosted weddings, baby showers, um, a youth community resource fair out on the back lawn, um, a nonprofit bike swap in, um, conju- er, in, in partnership with Jibe up in North Natomas. Um, we've also hosted multiple quinceañeras, and um, we actually, over the weekend, just did our first collaboration with Access Leisure, um, a YPCE department, um, and they came in and did a, a dance. Um, we've had over $30,000 in revenue. Um, we are booking out already for the next year, um, especially next summer, it's already getting
10: popular, so.
13: So every year, the Aquatics uh, Division has a lot of scholarships and reimbursements um, through multiple different avenues. And this is kind of a breakdown of those. So we do offer lifeguard scholarships. Uh, those go towards uh, the certification class um, so people can be able to take our Red Cross certification courses um, through application and showing a need uh, for scholarship. Um, we also reimburse staff um, if they end up um, getting certification working with us um, as well. So they get uh, reimbursement on some of their cert fees. And I had mentioned that basic water safety class, uh, that's actually a free program. Um, so, um, you know, monetarily it, it came out to about four, just over $4,000 worth of free swim lesson or well, basic water instruction that we gave out at those sites um also as anna mentioned we do have our summer reading program which this year included uh, if you read 25 books it would be a free uh swim lesson um but mainly if you read books it gives you free admission into the pools um and then also our swim safe scholarships so those are specific to aquatic programs um which would be like swim lessons junior lifeguard camp swim team um and you guys can see the numbers there but in total um our aquatics division um, gave out over $30,000 this year in scholarships and reimbursement uh, to both our staff and the community. So we're really, really excited about that number as well. Um, we also did the special events. Um, one of the big things that you've probably been hearing um, is we're really trying to continue and develop our partnerships, uh, both outside um, with those user groups, but also uh, within YPSI. And so Anna had to talked about the partnership that we're doing with Access Leisure. We, uh, this year, we decided to partner with Pinnell Metal View on their um, drive-through uh, Halloween event and say, let's do our, our floating pumpkin patch that same night. So we hosted one there. We also hosted one at Clooney Pool as well as uh, North of Thomas. And uh, these are just some pictures from multiple uh, different events that we did. Looks like everybody had a really great time. Uh, admission got you a pumpkin. There was candy, painting. Um, As you can see, our slide was open, we decorated. We really appreciate all the volunteers that were out there, staff as always. Um, And in total, we had uh, nearly 300 people uh, attend those events. We also have one of our last special events of 2022 coming up, and that's our Doggy Dip Days. That's actually this weekend out at Pinnell Mental View. We do both Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, there'll be some raffle prizes, giveaways. Um, so if you have a dog, or even if you don't, you can have have them come on in as a spectator. But um, uh, we hope to see everybody out there uh, for one of our last special events of the year. Always want to end it uh, with kind of that shout-out to staff. Um, and we obviously cannot be able to provide the services, operate our facilities without all the amazing part-time and full-time staff. Uh, but I think I know everyone can say here without, especially these part-time staff that are in the water, teaching swim lessons. I mean, the North Thomas um, front office team, what they had to go in and launching a new facility, our lifeguards, our pool managers, they were just absolutely fantastic this summer. And I just want to make sure that we took a moment in this, um, uh, excuse me, in this presentation to to give them their time and their shout out and say thank you to all their hard work. And with that, that is the end of our presentation. And as always, open up to any questions.
1: Thank you so much, Madam Clerk. Is there anyone from the public who wishes to speak?
0: Chair, we have no members of the public with their hands raised.
1: righty well, Commissioner Mehta was on the ball, so I don't even need to ask the question go for it i
15: don't have a question uh but i do have a comment thank you anna thank you patrick i know the facility is amazing but what i've heard from the community the equisize uh classes they're doing really really good they really love it and they don't want to stop it they wanted to keep continuing so if we can continue that that'll be really really great and you mentioned about all the events that happen one event that is missing is we had a, a very big Punjabi women festival thea That is not mentioned. That was one of the biggest cultural festivals that happens in Natomas, and this time it was an aquatics facility. And there were around 500,000 people who attended, the women and the kids. There were a lot of stalls and everything. It was really, really good. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Mehta, Commissioner or Vice Vice Chair, excuse me, Vasquez.
0: Thank you, Um, that was really exciting to see not only um, the Thomas Aquatic Center open, but also to um, give out so many scholarships throughout the summer, all of our locations to make sure that we had people who could access it, over $30,000 worth of scholarship. I think that's really uh, commendable and amazing. Um, So good job team, good job to everyone who staffed this and dreamed this up and made it happen. Um, Congratulations on the award for training so many people. Um, I think it was a youth, right? Over 200 youth. Good job. Thank you to everyone for all of your hard work over the summer and through the fall. Good job.
1: Thank you. Commissioner Kangas.
0: Just wanting to echo that. Um, You guys have done such an amazing job and I really appreciate that you used surveys to collect data and figure out what programs or what types of activities people really are engaging with to figure out how to allocate funding toward those programs. So thank you for
11: doing that.
1: Thank you, Commissioner McCartick.
11: Um, I just firstly want to like commend y'all for like really getting those numbers up in 22, like 2020, like this year, especially from 2019. Like they were almost in all the categories you guys mentioned, like that was, it was bigger than 2019, like that is very impressive like kudos to the aquatic department very um very good um and i could probably i was i can proudly say that i was one of the uh lifeguards trained i actually i didn't have the chance to work for the city i was uh did it at a summer camp instead but i was definitely one of those um lifeguards trained by the city and i loved it it was a great experience so thank you guys for that
1: thank you commissioner mccarchuk commissioner flores can't hear you you're not muted but you are quiet (laughs) i know you okay um well thank you all for that presentation um with the beautiful new facility up there in natomas um you know and joining everything around the city things are very exciting oh commissioner flores ready to go no (laughs) okay um i i can't help but feel a little uh jealous because now uh district seven is officially the only district in the city without a pool um so feel feel a little bit bad about that but i love the work that you guys are doing and (laughs) keep it up with that we will move to item four the youth parks and community enrichment directors report and it is very exciting
16: chair Chair lavelle i'm sorry we have one more presentation and that's from our camp manager thomas de
1: oh okay for the camp sacramento piece of that staff report ah you confused me (laughs) (laughs) all right
4: let's go Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Thomas Samara. Let me share my screen with my presentation in a second. There we go. Can everybody see? Fantastic. Um, okay, so my name is Thomas Samara. I'm the camp manager here at Camp Sacramento. Um, and uh, just very briefly, Camp Sacramento is an overnight family camp and group rental uh, facility operated by the city for the uh, last over 100 years now, uh, since 1920, and uh, we are located in um, High Sierras, close to South Lake Tahoe, about 80 miles east of the city. Um, I've been, we were very happy to, uh, to return to what we call, you know, a new normal, I guess, or traditional uh, Camp Sacramento programming this, uh, uh, this season, um, and we really focused on um, on environment and the fragility of the high sierras, um, especially in the face of the wildfires. Um, as many of you um, might know, uh, Camp Sacramento came to very very close call with Cal Fire um, last year and was uh, um, was saved uh, saved by the enormous effort of the fire uh, firefighter crews and such. Um, but we really wanted to, uh, to celebrate the environment around camp and really uh, bring focus to it. Um, and it's very visible at camp, especially right now, uh, what the wildfire can do to, um, uh, to the forest. Um, as such, we, uh, we did have to modify our operations a little bit, uh, e- even though we did not have any fire damage on site uh, to our buildings, so we did have a, a damaged uh, septic system, uh, which uh, caused us to, to monitor our water usage to, uh, to do regular uh, septic tank pump-outs and uh, utilize the portable units as much as we can uh, to be able to operate. We also uh, were able to return to our traditional programming, um, including our age-based programs. Uh, for all our age groups at camp, um, we were able to um, to continue with our um, with our all group um, all group or all camp programming, uh, including our traditional trip uh, trip to Pope Beach um, at South Lake Tahoe. We also added some uh, uh, some new uh, program options for adults, um, especially uh, the the paint and sip program, the candle making programs, and uh, things like that that really uh, engage people uh, to experience camp in many different ways. Um, Just like uh, um, other departments have uh, uh, mentioned, uh, we did have some uh, staffing challenges as well, uh, primarily due to uh, to the nature of staff positions at camp, requiring for them to live on site, um, as well as extended uh, hiring process uh, that that occurs in some of these challenges. Overall, um, looking at the numbers, uh, we were able to serve uh, over 2,300 total campers, out of which uh, were over 500 families served, over um, over 1,000 children and youth, uh, which is about in line of uh, the percentages in the past years. Um, Overall, about 50%, I mean, about 70% of all our uh, campers are City of Sacramento residents, um, and the the remaining majority are from immediate Sacramento area, um, uh, Sacramento County and such. Despite all the challenges, we were uh, we uh, really enjoyed uh, over ninety percent rebooking rate, um, and uh, and right now at this moment, uh, all our family camp sessions for twenty twenty three um, are um, are booked. All our mini camps or our week long camps um, are booked as well as our um, rental group um, facilities. Um, and as we look at to 2023, um, we, we're really looking to the focusing on uh, com- uh, completing the uh, septic repair project so we can return to fully normal operations next year, which is um, I'm very glad to say it's almost done. Um, and then uh, looking further at uh, managing and improving our facilities and uh, uh, fixing some cabins and so on yeah, the facilities are old and the weather is, is unforgiving up in the mountains. Um, so we'll, we'll be focusing to, to maintaining all those facilities and making improvements where we can. Um, we're also, uh, will be looking into developing some further program opportunities for, uh, for adults, teens, um, as well as, uh, as uh, youth and children. Um, and then looking, um, um, as, as mentioned before, to different staffing um, opportunities and uh, um, looking out wider to, to see um, if you can fill the, the gaps um, in the past years. So that uh, briefly really concludes uh, the over uh, overview of CAMSAC operations for 2022. Um, and I, I welcome any further questions that uh, might be there.
1: Thank you very much. And I assume we still have no members of the public on this item.
0: Yes, so, sir. That, that's correct. Thank you.
1: Cool. How about commissioners? No one's going twice. All right, we'll keep up the good work. And now, now we're ready for item four, the very first uh, Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Director's Report for our new director, Jackie Beecham. Welcome, Jackie, we're excited to have you here.
16: Thank you, Chair LaBelle, um, Vice Chair Vasquez and our commissioners. To start, I am three weeks um, into my new role here as director um very um i'm just incredibly honored I'm very grateful for this opportunity to be able to continue to work alongside um my wonderful executive team that is with us tonight and of course our amazing park staff that make all of this work possible um you've seen some really great presentations tonight and that's just a small part of the incredible work that our team is doing every single day so Um, I also appreciate all the support that I receive from this commission, from many of you. Um, I look forward to um, all the collaborative work and effort uh, that we'll continue to do together in serving our community. So um, with that, because I am also going to wear my my community enrichment division hat tonight, um, I'll share a quick update on some of the other programs that you didn't have a chance to hear from in the community enrichment division. Our community centers team, um, many of you had an opportunity to participate in some of the Halloween and fall events that we've been hosting over the last month. They've been very successful. So far, we've had over a thousand families attending um, some of our drive-through events and festivals at some of our community centers. There are plenty more um, holiday and winter events that will be scheduled for November and December. I shared last month with you a new event that we're hosting at several centers called Kids Night Out. Uh, We will be hosting another one at Coloma Community Center coming up in December. Again, that program is for youth ages 3 to 12 to enjoy an evening of crafts and holiday fun. And then parents and caregivers can also enjoy a night out of their own. Hagenwood Community Center will be hosting a harvest festival coming up the weekend of Veterans Day. So happy to share information about that as well. I've also been sharing over the last couple of months that YPSI is very excited to be reassuming operations of Clooney Community Center, Shepherd Garden and Arts, and the McKinley Rose Garden. Um, That will begin on December 1st. Our team has been working very closely with uh, Friends of East Sacramento who has been operating those spaces for the last several years. We are now accepting rental applications for that space for rentals beginning in 2023. We also just launched a survey um, to seek input from the community on programming opportunities for the Clooney Center. The survey is scheduled to close on December 9th. Uh, We just kicked it off. It is available on our website. We've also shared the survey with contacts through ActiveNet for our registration system. We've had an opportunity to share the survey at recent events that we've been hosting at Clooney Pool and also the library who shares space in Clooney Center. Um, I will actually follow up with an email tonight to share with all of you commissioners, so if you have an opportunity to spread it far and wide, we'd really appreciate your support in getting that survey out. Our Access Leisure team is continuing very successfully with their latest program called The Hangout, Um, the program that we started at Bell Coolidge Community Center for teens and young adults with disabilities. Um, We are excited. Right now, it's taking place just one day a week, but we will be expanding that program to multiple days a week, Um, so stay tuned for that. We're also bringing back yoga classes offered by Access Leisure and Adaptive Sports, um, and that is for individuals of all abilities. So excited to continue to offer these sort of inclusion opportunities for our families, for youth and families. Um, we will also be hosting an Access Leisure at Thanksgiving Social um, and Bingo. That's going to happen in November this month um, for adults with de- developmental intellectual disabilities. Our annual Wheelchair giant Softball Tournament is coming up this Saturday at Rivercats Independence Field. Um, And we are hoping to support our team in traveling to compete in this year's World Series. So if you are available, come on out and and join us at RiverCats Independence Field. And we're also excited to continue our partnership with Sac State um, in a transition program where we're doing a meet and greet event for transition-age students with disabilities to help them, um, you know, learn about what's happening in the community and other opportunities for themselves. To wrap it up with older adults, we are so excited um, to share that Triple R was selected for a um, $350,000 grant um, as a model program to try different dementia care methods in the community-based setting. Um, I believe we're one of the top seven um, programs that's recognized statewide, so it's a huge achievement for, for our team. Um, the Triple R admin staff will be participating in what the state is calling a learning laboratory, and they'll really use our current Triple R program as a sort of um, model program and determining what the best practices are for dementia care. Um, so we're really excited to, to move that forward, and it will have some pretty significant impacts, not just for um, families and, and our program participants, but statewide. You know, I think it will have a pretty significant impact. So kudos to our older adult services and Triple R team for for um, for earning this. It's really it's really incredible. And then lastly, in older adult services, uh, we're excited to move forward with our Tech Connections Lab. Um, Heart Senior Center received some funding um, to to move forward with the creation of a new mobile computer lab for older adults. I shared a little bit about this last month as well. We're going to offer some of our traditional classes um, like we have been, including, you know, Microsoft Word, Excel. But we're also going to have hours available similar to what you might see um, like at the Apple Store. You know, if you were to go to the, to the Genius Bar and schedule an appointment there, we're going to have staff available to assist our older adults in setting up their, their mobile phones or iPads um, to meet whatever their specific in or individual needs are. Um, help them learn how to use different apps like Zoom, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash. Um, you know, the intent is to really help our older adults um, learn about internet safety, but also give them the tools that they need to safely stay in touch and communication with their families, order groceries, you know, arrange transportation, um, and just have some of those um, resources more readily available at their fingertips. And with that, I will kick it over to Shannon Brown, our assistant director.
15: Thank you, uh, good evening, everybody. I'll give you a brief highlight of the Ranger activities for uh, this past month, very, um, very brief, but still good information. The total calls for service in 2022 were 388 calls for service compared to 21. We had 412 calls for service, uh, three arrests this month with uh, 12 citations, we assisted with supporting seven different special events totaling 12 hours of time um, that was additionally spent Uh, rangers continue to assist with um, camp cleanups and are really focusing on um, a lot of training right now so um, they've been um, busy just working with Uh, our police department who collaborate and allow us to work um, cooperatively on a lot of uh, cross-training. And that is what I have for highlights. And I would like to pass it over to Raymond Constantino from the planning department. Thank you.
3: Good evening, thanks Shannon. Good evening, commissioners. Um, My name is Raymond Constantino, park planning, park development manager. At the end of every um, quarter, park planning and development services reports on our total park construction projects for the first quarter fiscal year 22 23, which is July, August and September of this year. We completed five park development projects totaling 762,000 uh, worth in capital improvement dollars. Those projects included um, Brandis picnic and picnic uh, Park picnic improvements and this is council district Four, Regency Park Pump Track in Council District one, Ninos Park security cameras in Council District three, May Fong Park soccer goals in Council District six, and and Temple Park uh, improvements um, in Council District five. Overall, we currently have 62 active uh, projects and of that total 11 are under construction. Total CIP budget for those 68 projects is approximately Um, 36 million also we regularly uh, contribute towards the city's climate action plan goals related to parks including tree plantings and turf reductions in the first quarter of this fiscal year we reduced um, 5800 square feet of existing turf to low water landscaping those are the first quarter completed projects also uh, regarding community engagement efforts in the month of december and january um, we, plan on, uh, uh, we plan to release a community survey in the Sierra, Cur- Sierra Curtis Park neighborhood to assess communities desire for additional park amenities, including um, uh, soccer fields and dog parks. And so we will be working with the community on a draft survey to be released in the new year. So um, stay tuned there. And then last, as some of you may know, that uh, park planning development services, we've been short-staffed um, the past couple of months. And um, I'm happy to um, provide the update that we recently hired two new staff uh, members, Um, Rachel Trujillo, she's our new uh, contract compliance specialist, and also um, Lucia Warren, she's our new accounting tech. And so uh, Lucia starts on the 19th and then we will be back up and running completely. Uh, With that, I'll pass it on to um, Sean, are you there? There you go. Passing on to Sean.
17: Thank you. Good evening, commissioners. Um, A little bit busy uh, month uh, for us. Um, We've got some projects completed that we've been working on for quite some time. Um, At Southside Park, we were able to convert over one half of the courts, uh, the tennis courts, uh, and turn that one half into four pickleball courts, which was very positively received by the community there. They've been, they've been on us quite some time to get that conversion done. So we finally got it done today. Um, at John Muir uh, Children's Park, we partnered with the Midtown Association uh, where they had led an effort to beautify the basketball court there. Um, they had added the um, a mural uh, painted onto the basketball court, as well as redoing both of the backboards. Um, they hired a professional artist. Um, it turned out beautiful. Nice project there. Um, at Land Park, we hosted a very large uh, electric uh, equipment demonstration event um, that was attended even by other landscapers in the areas where we demoed a lot of new electrical uh, equipment, including riding mowers and, and carts, and even the hand tools themselves. Um, also, at Land Park, we're just a few days away from finally getting all the sediment removed from the ponds, which will then turn us to our last phase, which is the revitalization of the water circulation uh, amenities there. Um, also, at Granite, we finally removed all the K rails from Granite Regional. Um, They're quite unsightly, so we've removed them and we are again, continuing to beautify uh, Granite Park as well. Uh, Lastly, or second to last, uh, we also removed 30 hazardous dead trees um, over the month. So we've been highly active in that. Uh, We had 2,612 volunteer hours uh, versus last year, for an incredible number they had last year was 4,000. That would have been very hard to beat, but 2,612 hours is a very positive number. So we were so appreciative of all that volunteer help. And I guess I will pass it off to Monica.
5: Thanks, Sean. Um, Good evening, once again, uh, members of the commission. So I do wanna say one more time, thank you to our youth workforce development unit for sharing the information that they did. I do have a few additional details to add on. The first one is for our Young Leaders of Tomorrow program, which is for young people between the ages of 10 to 12 that focus on focuses on youth advocacy and leadership. They did start their second fall cohort this week and at two locations, Joe Mims Jr. Hagenwood Community Center and the Sam and Bonnie Pinnell Community Center. Both of those programs reached max max capacity at 20 registered participants at each site. And once that program concludes, successful participants will receive that $350 stipend that was mentioned earlier in the presentation. Primetime Teen, their second fall cohort began this week um, at Georgetown Community Center and South Natomas Community Center. Those programs also reached max capacity at 40 registered participants at each location. Landscape and Learning, uh, the Spring 2023 Youth Aid and Crew Leader applications will open up December 1st and close January 4th, 2023. This uh, youth opportunity will begin in the spring. It'll be weekends only from March 11th through May 21st. In our Civic Engagement Unit, the Sacramento Youth Commission, all current commissioners will term out, excuse me, um, in December. And so recruitment is currently open. Applications will be accepted until all positions are filled. So if you happen to know any youth leaders aged 14 to 22, please refer them to the website to apply. The Sacramento or Summer City Hall program staff right now are out in the community focusing on outreach and recruitment for the 2023 program year. They're attending career fairs, school festivals, and currently presenting to classes. Returning youth applications will go live on December 5th. For our sports, wellness and fitness area, our 28th and B Skate and Urban Art Park is seeing a steady stream of new registrations. A good portion of those new registrations are from families, so we're excited um, to have them at the park. We also expect to see registrations increase as we move into uh, the winter months as skaters are looking for an indoor skate experience. For our flag football program, um, there's a, we're experiencing a great deal of community support uh, during our league play. So we appreciate um, how the community is coming to engage with us. Our registered flag football participants will participate in a plant pass and kick skills competition um, event where they will experience warm up drills, the actual skills competition itself. There will be awards and food tricks there to celebrate everybody on Saturday, November 5th at Hagenwood Park from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And our flag football season will end on November 19th with our championship games. And for our expanded learning programs, they've had a lot of fun during the month of October. So our Robles Start ACEs locations, uh, we have five schools there, all celebrated our Lights On After School event on October 20th. This is a nationwide event that highlights the importance of after school and the role that it plays in the life of a child. Students celebrated with carnival games, parfaits, dance parties, science activities, as well as farmers markets with fresh food and each child was uh, able to take a box of fresh food home. Students at Taylor Elementary completed a six week series which encompassed bullying prevention, cultural responsiveness and diversity, social emotional learning, wellness and food literacy. And then lastly, our fourth, our program celebrated, celebrated Halloween with children's activities. They've had parades, pumpkin carving, cooking, dinner, uh, decorating, carnival games, science projects, ooey gooey stuff. Like I said, they've had a great time for the month of October.
16: Uh, thank you. I think Jackie, it's back to you. Thank you, Monica. <clears throat> I did want to end our update Um with letting you all know, we will have something out to you shortly, but please save the date for Wednesday, December 7th. Uh, We will be hosting our end-of-year employee appreciation event, and we would like to extend the invitation to all of our commissioners to join us. Um, Again, it will be on Wednesday, December 7th uh, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Food trucks, festivities lots of recognition for our incredible team and that will be at Pennell meadowview community center so we'll have more information to come soon um but i know that december calendars get very busy so um please hold the date and we'll have um, some stuff over to you shortly and that concludes um, our update thank you
1: thank you very much do we have anybody from the public that wishes to speak madam clerk
0: there are currently, no members of the public with their hands raised.
1: All right, and do we have any commissioners that wish to speak? Commissioner McCarchick.
11: Yes. Um, so I am. I have a kind of a comment uh, slash suggestion about how to get more people for the for the youth commission. Um, I know a lot of people applied to be on this position that I'm in currently, and the other two youth seats on the adult. Um, commissions, I think the other ones were art and police. Like, I was one out of, like, I know there was at least, like, 20-ish people, like, youth that applied to these seats. Um, and I think targeting them, if they're at least still interested in helping serve the city, I think that would be a great place to start or really, like, go after Because they've already expressed interest in doing that, this type of work. Um, and I'm thinking that, though, because I – there was very much – Qualified individuals on like applying that I was like, wow, you're doing all this stuff. It's like, um, and I think that it would be a great opportunity for them to like, or for you guys to try to reach out to them to try to fill those youth seats up. So thank you. Of course.
1: Anybody else? One once going twice. All right. This item is receiving file i should have said that a couple times before now but no voters required and we'll move on to the next item which is commissioner comments announcements ideas questions are there any commissioners who wish to speak commissioner king
0: i just want to um shout out uh esteban on staff because he helped me coordinate a really awesome tree planting at Susan B. Anthony Park with some of our kiddos at the elementary school adjacent. And it was really awesome. The kids had an amazing time and I just really appreciate all the effort that the staff puts into all of these random requests that they receive from the public like myself.
1: Yeah, Esteban does great work. I'm glad he's on permanently. Commissioner Gaines.
10: You Um, So I just wanted to let everyone know if you did not know, November is Native American Heritage Month. Um, So just wanted to make sure you guys were all aware, Um, you know, it's a really important time just to learn more about um, tribal people in general and especially our local tribes. There are 575 federally recognized tribes in the United States and 110 federally recognized tribes just in California not including all of the um, state-recognized and unrecognized tribes. So very, very diverse community. Um, so I would just encourage you to take some time this month to uh, just learn about the, the land that you are on.
1: Thank you very much. Anybody else? Alrighty. Um, and last of all, we have public comments for matters not on the agenda. Anyone speak there?
0: Yes, thank you, Chair. We do have um, one hand raised. Our first speaker is Nick Kelso.
1: Nick, welcome.
18: Well, thank you. This is my first time, so bear with me. (laughs) So like, like they said, Nick Kelso, I'm a nurse who works with California Children's Services uh, but I am a father of two uh, boys who love skateboarding. I love getting them out of the house. Just want to review the option of possibly getting skate parks in the area of Arden Arcade, Carmichael, or Sacramento Unincorporated. This area would be districts two and three. Uh, currently, there looks like there's no skate parks between the areas of 80, 50, go up as far as Antelope and Sunrise, and so just want to see about doing that I recently went to Santa Cruz in this area half the size of what I just reviewed there's nine state parks so um there definitely seems to be uh for lack of a better term a desert <laughs> um there's an area that I was really interested in and it would be um an area a park that is in the jurisdiction of uh, the city which is the Del Paso Regional Park or Harry Field, there doesn't seem to be anything moving in this area. So I was just wondering if that might be a designated spot for something like this. Um, The current state is not looking good. Um, Something that could be also um, reviewed is possibly bringing artists to do some nice murals. Um, The skate park could be more of like a plaza type type deal where um it actually adds more art than just like the normal uh ramps poles, and things like that where it could give it a more of an ar- architecture and artistic feel so just want to see if uh, anyone might help me guide in the direction to get that creative
1: um <clears throat> thanks for your input uh the the best uh course of action is usually to reach out to the council member who Oversees that area. Um, uh, that would be uh, Sean Liloli for District 2. And you could discuss with his staff the possibilities that might exist. Um, did I see we had a second hand or did that go away?
0: Thank you, Chair. Um, it appears that hand went away. And so we no additional speakers.
1: All right. Well, with that, this concludes today's agenda. Thank you everyone for your participation and the meeting is adjourned. Good night, everybody.